Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Ah, you'll see that in person. Matter of a couple of weeks. That's Sawyer Brown. Step that step on wax. And, of course, we're talking about Sawyer Brown being part of Farm Tech Fest. And the more I talk to people around the countryside, they say, what a good idea to have that concert right during the show. And it will be right after the second day of the show. It'll start about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. We're talking about Farm Technology Days over in Clark County, of course. And we'll talk more about that, how to get tickets for Farm Tech Fest on uh, Friday or uh, on Wednesday afternoon. Lots to talk about here at the Shank of the Day, as we got a lot of chores to do. Bob and Jill back with us, and we got uh, lots of things to do. So, Fourth uh, of July, kids going to be around home, and they, uh, of course, uh, what Portage? I think is the farthest one away, right? Yeah, I think she's coming back. We'll have a picnic, and we probably mm-hmm. won't shoot off fireworks though, because my dog does not like fireworks. Well, I'll tell you, it started in my neighborhood last night. They were blowing off fireworks. Uh, and what in the world's going on? And then I realized, up oh, 4th of July. Yeah. They're blowing them off. So, again, be careful. Thank goodness we've got a little rain. It's greened up a little bit. So hopefully we're not going to have anybody start any fires with those things. But also be careful because, uh, well, let's just say they're made in China. <laughs> I don't know about quality control. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were blowing them off last night down by Osseo, too. There was a lot of them. A lot yeah. of pop, 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 pops. And I would imagine probably, I don't know, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, all three nights, I bet we see fireworks at some of these town celebrations. I don't know what the schedules are, but uh, there'll be a, a lot of fireworks going off. So enjoy the 4th of July. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be good. Well, we got a big report coming out today that uh, we're looking forward to. That will contain the actual planted acres. You know, up until now, it's been speculation But now we should have numbers that are pretty close to what actually got planted this year. And so we'll get those numbers later on. Just saw the uh, every month they put out the chicken and egg report. And it's uh, interesting because of avian influenza, what's been going on there. So we'll talk about uh, that as well. And, uh, well, some consternation in the ethanol industry with the EPA. For a while they were cheering the EPA. Now they're jeering the EPA. And the EPA should be used to that for a year. I don't care what kind of an administration is in there. The EPA is always uh, always the butt of uh, some of these complaints. So we'll talk about that as well. And uh, Cavs are all doing well. Killer and his new buddies are all doing well. <laughs> yeah, Killer's doing well, too. <laughs> 
one of these days you'll name one killer, but I don't know what it will be. But uh, we got a lot of a lot of farm news and calendar. We got a, th- a few things going on, and what we got uh, some tractor pulls coming up around the area and horse pulls. Uh, a busy weekend. We'll get into some of that as we go along as well this morning. And weather-wise, should be a pretty good weekend for having all those activities. Little lightning coming in this morning for you. I had a little coming through town. Yeah, there was lightning. Did it lightning. Rain, uh not when I not when I came in. All my right. my favorite mail caller said it was raining over there. All right, the now over the there is over west. <laughs> over west. Yeah. So there's scattered showers out there this morning, in other words. We'll talk about that as we go along this morning here on Wax, about four minutes before five o'clock. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's take a look at our weather forecast this morning here on Wax. Brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Now remember, Marquardt Motors has the largest pre-owned inventory in the area. With pre-owned selections arriving daily, check them all out at MarquardtMotors.com or on Marquardt's lot. Had a good day for uh, maybe driving around a little bit. Keep the windows up and the windshield wipers on because we're going to have scattered rain throughout the area. Today, some's falling already. Others, uh, as the day goes along, off and on. I don't think there's going to be a real heavy downpour for an extended period of time anywhere. But uh, hopefully, scattered showers around the area as uh, it's it's warm out there this morning. And it's going to get hot. We'll get about 86 today. 58 overnight tomorrow. Saturday, Sunday, partly sunny temperatures in the 80s, and it looks like a chance of rain on the 4th of July with a high about 80. Right now, it's 78 degrees here in Eau Claire, and again, we're going up to about 86 today. Kind of sounds like Elvis in part of that, doesn't he? Dwight Yoakam, crazy little thing called love. You old enough to remember Elvis? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to answer that one quick. Uh, uh, good for you. But Dwight Yoakam, crazy little thing called love here on Wax. Hey, it's 5 o'clock, 78 degrees, some scattered rain in the area today. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. How about some news? NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. The big rig used in this week's deadly smuggling attempt in Texas breezed right through a border patrol checkpoint despite having about 100 people crammed in the trailer. Congressman Henry Coyar. I've been asking for more funding on checkpoints, uh, especially the ones that deal with a lot of commercial traffic. The Supreme Court ends its term Thursday, and there are two big decisions still to be announced. One is about the Remain in Mexico policy. That outlines procedures for which the U.S. government will return some asylum seekers to Mexico as they wait out the duration of their pending cases. Another case out of West Virginia involves how much power the EPA has to enforce regulations. A woman was shot and killed while pushing her baby in a stroller Wednesday night in New York City. Police say the 20-year-old woman was pushing her three-month-old baby on New York's Upper East Side around 8.30 p.m. when a hooded gunman shot her in the head at close range and then ran off. The baby wasn't hurt. Mayor Eric Adams said the killing is another example of what he called the scourge of gun violence in New York City. The son of former dictator Ferdinand Marcos has been sworn in as the new president of the Philippines. 
Ferdinand Marcos Jr. took his oath of office at midday Thursday at a ceremony in Manila. He replaces Rodrigo Duterte, who was known for his bloody crackdown on drug dealers and restrictions on press freedom. The election of Marcos Jr., known as Bong Bong, marks a return to power for the Marcos political dynasty in the Philippines. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, some scattered rain showers out there today. There's been some lightning this morning in the area, some rain off to the west in other areas. So again, just uh, be prepared. You, you might get a little wet, and uh, I think a lot of folks are hoping that is the case. So chance of scattered rains today. Highs about 86, down to 58 tonight, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Low 80s, partly sunny, chance of rain on Monday, the 4th of July, with a high about 80, 71 right now in Medford. Black River Falls is 76, Wausau at 74, Marshfield 71, La Crosse, the warm spot at 78 right now, Green Bay, the cool spot at 67, Madison and Sun Prairie, they're 75, Milwaukee at 74, here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, very warm, 78 degrees. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our look at the markets. Just a heads up, coming up, we're going to start some conversations with our new state FFA officer team. You heard from Casey Denkamondovi, the new president, uh, earlier. And uh, Jill, who are we going to talk to in just a few minutes? We're going to talk to Heidi Stry from Section 2. And her school is? Osseo uh, Fairchild. Osseo Fairchild, school you're very familiar with. But before we do that, we got other business. Our rural mutual insurance markets, where are the livestock numbers? Choice fed beef steers are 146 to 155 and a half with mixed at 109 to 145. Choice fed beef heifers are 145 to 150 with mixed at 110 to 144. Choice fed Holstein steers are 130 to 141 with selects at 99 to 129. Cows are coming in at 67 to 108 with bulls at 89 to 118. Butcher hogs are 59 to 102 with sows at 30 to 52 and a half. Boars are 17 to 29 and a half. New crop market lambs are 170 to 215, and feeder lambs are 170 to 292 and a half. And taking a look at livestock futures, cattle prices lower. The hog market was mixed. We got August uh, live cattle closing at 132.17, down 55. October at 138.90, down a half a dollar. And December at 144.62, down 62. Feeder cattle for August, 170.72, down a dollar 10. September at 173.77, down a dollar 17. October, 176.40, down a dollar 10. November feeder cattle, 178.35. That was 87 cents lower at the close. January 178.97 down 55. As we said, the hog prices were mixed. July 109.40 at the close down 52. 
August at 103.57, down 25. October hogs, 90.72, that was up 52 in December at 83.95, up 60 cents. Board of Trade, wheat and corn were lower yesterday. Beans a little higher on the strength of meal. In fact, this November bean contract has gone up 90 cents in a week, but traders waiting for that report coming out a little later on today. This morning, December corn down a penny at 6.52. The oats up four at 5.08. December wheat up seven at 9.51. November soybeans down three to four cents at 14.74 in meal for October. Down a dollar seventy at four hundred four dollars a ton, and uh, cheese prices were higher yesterday. Barrels and blocks both trading at two nineteen and a half. The butter up two and three quarters at two ninety nine and a half. And going to the class three, the uh, the June is off the board now. July the near month up eighteen at twenty two eighty. August up seventeen at twenty three thirty three. September up a nickel at twenty three fifty eight. And October up eleven. At twenty three sixty four, so that's where we are in the markets. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Nine minutes after five, and we'll hear from the newest FFA officer from Section Two, Heidi Stry from the Osseo Fairchild FFA. That's coming up next. Keeping it rural, Wax one hundred four point five, and the Midwest Farm Report. I caught up to Miss Heidi Stry. She's a new state. FFA Vice President from Osseo Fairchild FFA. Why would you take such a leap? Well, I thought about being a state officer probably since I was a sophomore in high school. And throughout FFA, I've had so many mentors and people who have helped me grow in my FFA experience. You know, I started out as this super shy little middle schooler. And, you know, through FFA and becoming a chapter officer, doing different events, it really helped me expand my bubble and um, grow into my character and become a leader. And, you know, as part of my, you know, out of my thankfulness, I just want to give back to FFA and serve the members and just serve the organization in whole. Well, you said you've had this plan since you were a sophomore, but you're not a sophomore anymore. Where were you this last school year? Well, I knew that I wanted to go to college for a year, kind of get those college experiences, bring back some new ideas to FFA. So I took a break, went to UW-River Falls, and then came back and was ready to go. So, um, you know, I was attending River Falls, and I'll be a junior there in the fall. And what's your major? I'm majoring in agricultural marketing and communications. And what do you hope to do with that? So with my major, I really hope to get involved in that communication side of agriculture, um, work directly with those producers and consumers and find new ways to communicate and connect them so that we can benefit from agriculture and just really help spread the word and advocate. You're thinking kind of a reach-out program? Right, yeah, just working directly with those people and reaching out, um, finding those ways that we can advocate. So let's find out a little bit more about you. What kind of program did you come up with in FFA? So I grew up on my family's beef farm. So we have a commercial cow-calf operation. And so growing up on the farm, you know, I was really involved in agriculture, became involved in 4-H, and then decided to join FFA when I was in sixth grade. Uh, that's where I started my supervised agricultural experience. And that's where I have beef production entrepreneurship. So working uh, right with the cattle and everything. And then um, through FFA, just participated in many events, um, just continued to grow my SAE and just be really involved in the beef industry. And then I also, through FFA, I discovered I love the communication side of agriculture. So um, that's where it kind of has led me now. So I'm interested in both the production side as well as that communication side. And while you were in FFA, you did some contests. What kind of contests did you do? 
I did. So uh, I did different speaking contests. I started out with middle school quiz bowl, and then I fell in love with extemporaneous speaking. Uh, that was one of my favorite events that I got to participate in. Um, I also did some career development events. So I did livestock judging over the years. So um, those are kind of the few I did and some of my top favorites. As a state officer, what are you hoping to contribute to this team and to all the members that you serve? I think that through my college experiences and having um, some of those different organizations I've joined, I've had a lot of skills and ideas that I want to bring back to the team through college. Um, another goal that I have in FFA is to get more students involved in those leadership development events. Uh, it really benefited me as you know those speaking contests, you get constructive feedback and it grows you into a leader, um, develops your public speaking skills. So I think that's super important to get more members involved and that's just one of the goals that I have that I want to bring to FFA and to the team. So you talk about getting them involved. How are you going to do that? Well, I have a few ideas, but I think the number one way is first, you know, to start out really explaining those ideas to the members. I know speaking contests can sound kind of scary, but really informing them on what they're about and how it's not a scary process, just kind of getting them um, used to it, having the advisors talk to the students about it, maybe me going out to the chapters and talking about it will kind of get things rolling. So as a state officer, what do you hope to get out of just being that state officer? Um, I really hope to grow in my leadership skills. Um, You know, I've grown in them throughout FFA with my high school experience, but you know, there's still so many ways in which I can still learn to become a leader. And I really want to work hands-on with the students, um, getting right involved, being the kind of leader that put, almost puts their arms around everybody. Uh, so just like growing my leadership skills, my character, finding more about my strengths, and just really how I can be a better person so that I can better serve FFA and all of the members. And again, that's Heidi Strive from the Osseo Fairchild FFA Section 3 Vice President, uh, section, Jill and I, section, er, section two, 2, thank you, thank you. And uh, Jill and I had a chance to go over last week when they were in their training week, so to speak, over in Marshfield and visit with uh, some of the sectional officers, the ones from our area. And you've known Heidi for quite a while. I have. I was her 4-H leader. Did you see oh. this when she was young and growing up that uh, she was aspiring to leadership like this? Well, she she was always quiet. But I think her quietness let her sit back and learn and really take in and make the direction that she wanted to go. Yeah. So congratulations to Heidi. We know she'll do a good job. She's she's going to have a different uh, advisor down there at Osseo Fairchild. Eric Betcher has retired. And Amelia Hayden is coming in. From uh, down in the Elkhorn, Walworth, down in that area. For those familiar with our area, Lisa Mullen is the ag instructor down there. Lisa from the Bloomer FFA, originally the Bloomer area with her family farm back then. And so, you know, she had good leadership back then. So uh, lots of good things we're expecting out of Heidi as our uh, officer from uh, Section 2 this year. All right, we've got some uh, news to take a look at, Jill. We talked about this big report coming out this weekend, in fact, coming out today, so we'll have the weekend to kind of uh, absorb it. What's it at this point look like? We don't have the final numbers yet, but what's it look like early on? Well, later this morning, the USDA economists will release their June acreage report and quarterly grain stocks estimates. Because of the planting challenges farmers face this spring, the grain trade is eagerly waiting for those numbers, since today's report usually contains some of the most fact-based numbers of of all the USDA reports. Earlier estimates had corn planting at 92 million acres with soybeans on 88 million acres. Traders now expect 
some changes as planted corn acres are estimated to be 89.7 million, a record high 90.4 million for soybeans, and 46.9 million for wheat. That report will be released at 11 this morning. And of course, uh, the traders say this is a report that uh, they're really looking at. And the ethanol industry is uh, in a flux. Uh, Washington always manages to keep things lively. What's going on there? While Growth Energy, a major player in the renewable fuels industry, isn't happy with the Environmental Protection Agency. And the group wants the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Washington, D.C. to review the EPA decision regarding small refinery exemptions. This past April, the EPA pulled 31 small refinery waivers it had originally granted in 2018. But the agency declined to hold those refineries accountable for meeting required blending obligations for that year. Instead, according to Growth Energy, the EPA put together an alternative compliance plan that excused those refineries from ever having to comply with their 2018 blending obligations. To make the situation worse, Growth Energy says EPA excused similar blending requirements for those refineries for 2016 and 2017 also. Yeah, you don't think oil money has any power? I beg to differ with you because uh, there's a lot out there as far as uh, what's going on with uh, ethanol and the oil industry. That's my take on it anyway. I just think big oil, and they're making huge profits right now with the, the oil situation. As a matter of fact, uh, where are we with the crude oil? August uh, yesterday traded a dollar fifteen lower at one hundred and ten dollars and sixty one cents a barrel. So uh, we're not going to see three dollar gas anytime soon with those kind of prices. And also, we're going to talk cover crops. And uh, you had a chance to uh, do a cover crops. You went to a beef meeting and talked cover crops. You bet. You know that all relates together anyway. I talked to Troy Salzar. He's from U of M Extension Specialist, and his his passion is cover crops. So we learned a little bit more about mm-hmm. how he puts the cover crops in and just kind of a little bit more uses for those cover crops. And he was with the Northern Wisconsin Beef Producers Day here a Saturday or two ago, right? Yes, he was. All right. So we'll- he talked beef. Uh, for the presentation, but when I asked him what he wanted to talk about, he wanted to talk cover crops. So. All right, so we'll hear what he's got to say. Troy Salzar from the University of Minnesota talking cover crops. Uh, right now, we're 19 minutes after 5, 78 degrees, looking for some scattered rain showers around the area. High today, nice and warm. It'll be about 86. And then through most of the weekend, pretty nice. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, partly sunny, 80s. Monday, 4th of July, a chance of rain, and 80. So we'll talk about that with Mike Dandry a little bit later on. But we're going to talk cover crops next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Now that corn and beans are in the ground, can we see how those cover crops are playing a role in their progress or condition? I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Jill, you talked to an expert about how cover crops play a role in benefiting those crops as we get into the fall. That's right, Stephanie. I had the opportunity to talk to Troy Salzar. He's the University of Minnesota Extension Reach-Out Specialist for Cover Crops. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. 
We talked about the uses for cover crops. We also talked a lot about harvesting those cover crops for feed for our beef cattle. In the beef industry specifically, cover crops uh, really play a, a very valuable role in relationship to utilizing areas that we may not actually capture much value from. Uh, one of the low-hanging fruit, as I would call it, is uh, cow yards in the summertime. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of nutrient that is there from uh, years of uh, nutrient accumulation with manure and uh, urine. And this is a perfect spot to really start the process of um, planting summer annuals, uh, some sort of species to actually capture those nutrients and grow them into a crop and then use them for uh, grazing purposes specifically. Uh, If we do this appropriately, we can actually create uh, less erosion from runoff from that standpoint, and we also capture those nutrients so we don't potentially contaminate our drinking water from those nutrients, uh, in essence, going through our soil down into our water table. Two really good components. In addition to that, if we do it right, we can actually harvest somewhere in the neighborhood of four to even six tons of dry matter per acre. And if we look at um, parts of the state of Wisconsin, there are different counties that only harvest a ton to a ton and a quarter of dry matter per acre. So we can get up to four times as much per acre in some of these uh, specific uh, uh, scenarios like this. Now, it's good to be able to use um, cattle to harvest that or sheep um, or other uh, grazing animals from the standpoint that some of these cover crops are very difficult to dry. You either need to harvest them with the animal or have some sort of wet feed option, whether that's chopping it for silage or actually um, harvesting it and baling it into baleage and making uh, wrapped hay out of it. Both very viable options, and uh, these uh, this is probably the first place that we need to think about cover crops, especially in a livestock operation. We talked about feeding that livestock, but the cover crops kind of almost feed the soil to help feed the livestock a little bit better, boosting those yields up. I think that the aspects of how cover crops um, work mutually beneficial with the soil and with the livestock Um, by growing cover crops, especially if we start utilizing multi-species cover crops, they actually produce root exudates that help to feed the soil biology. And I think that's what you're kind of suggesting in this particular case. With that in mind, If we repeat that on an annual basis, it will make that soil more healthy. It will also improve permeability of that soil, and therefore we don't have this hard-packed material that doesn't allow any water infiltration. So growing things like um, oilseed radish, turnips, other products that have deep Uh, penetrating roots um, can be very, very beneficial from from that standpoint. So 
of course, um, capturing the manure if there's accumulation. Spreading that on your um, fields is the first place to start. But once that's clean, then you can uh, prep that area and sow. Uh, summer annuals especially works extremely well in those yards because by that time the cattle have gone out to pasture and we can plant a warm season annual that can truly capture that um, capture that nutrient that is in that soil uh, and sometimes those soils under that feedlot uh, tend to be more compacted and uh, those warm season annuals oftentimes are more drought tolerant than some of our cool season grasses as such. So that's why it would be uh, advantageous to do that approach. And we haven't mentioned any specific cover crops to use. If you're struggling, if the ground is a little bit wet or if it's dry, can we purpose a cover crop to assist in any of those areas? There are a couple different approaches, and um, your question is extremely important. So many people ask me for the uh, ideal mix on a field, uh, whether it's a perennial field or an annual field, and I get very frustrated with that because I want to personally help you um, have a prescription for your land with the purposes and goals and objectives that you have in mind to address uh, with whatever approach you're taking. So if we have real heavy, dense soil that has the potential of having some compaction, then utilizing um, um, some oil seed radishes, uh, sweet clover is a really good tap-rooted plant, buckwheat all of these crops can be included as part of that mix doesn't have to be sole single um, species growing it might be but it doesn't have to be um, and uh, oftentimes if I am in a situation where if there's some weed carryover uh, in other words, if the buckwheat goes to seed and uh, we have some mature seed that falls, if that's going to hurt the next crop, I think it's important not to put buckwheat in there. So we have to think about your system, what your crop rotation is. Uh, I work with a lot of um, uh, vegetable crop operations. Those, I tend to have them focus on single crop because then they can focus their attention on one crop to manage um, at the ideal time to reincorporate it into the soil or what have you. What is that one goal you want to achieve with it? And so um, depending on your circumstance, that's how I make or help you put together a, a plan in relationship to that. Definitely not a one-size-fits-all. Have you ever found when you've set up a plan and it just didn't work what do you do then in that scenario uh generally speaking uh we think about what the problem was in relationship to the plan uh, i have dairy farmers uh, in northern minnesota that are planting two and three cover crops within one season so they'll start with a cool season oat crop with some some uh, turnips in it to begin with then they'll immediately no-till in uh, some uh, some sorghum sedan grass and a winter or a summer um, warm season grass, and then come back again 
with another cool season in fall, uh, harvesting them at their appropriate time to achieve very high quality feed. And uh, in, in, in his particular case, he never unhooks his no-till drill. He's always planting something. And really, that is the key to his success by continuing to do that, he's always got something that he'll be happy about. If it's not raining, he's happy with the warm season annuals. If it's raining too much, it's the um, annual ryegrass that he has planted. And so I often tell my farmers is every day do something that you're really happy if you get rain or if you don't get rain because then you're always happy. It's a much better scenario. Yeah, that certainly is. I would talk to many farmers that don't complain about the weather do you <laughs> i have not either <laughs> but uh what a what a good story troy salazar you can see he's uh, passionate about cover crops very much so he had he had a lot of answers it was very interesting i learned a lot yeah as we all did thank you jill troy salazar university of minnesota all right five thirty in the morning we're gonna get some markets rocky will join us from premier livestock next on wax agriculture it's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're about 29 minutes before 6 o'clock. Let's get to it. The markets. That means we go over to uh, Premier Livestock in Withy. And uh, that means Rocky Olson is with us. And uh, closed on Monday, Rocky. What's the story? Yep, we are closed on Monday. Uh, office is closed, but the yards is open from uh, noon to 8 p.m. All right. So uh, other than that, full speed ahead. How's it been going so far this week? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's dairy cattle auction shaped up at Premier. Uh, we sold right at 200 head of dairy cattle. Market was very strong yesterday. Uh, we had two complete herd dispersals. We had lots of reputation, top-end, fancy cows and spring and heifers. Supreme Fresh Cows brought 2000 to 2975 40% of the run sold over 2200 Many other good cows, 1275 to 1975 top fancy spring and heifers from 15 all the way up to 2200 on the spring and heifers lesser quality cows and spring and heifers 1250 and down uh, next week wednesday we get a complete dispersal of 115 crossbred parlor freestall cows uh, we also have one load of hand-picked parlor freestall cows all fresh two and three-year-olds out of a 29,000 pound herd uh, we have another group of top freestall cows as well we have a great selection of spring and heifers also next week on Tuesday. Uh, that's going to be our special feeder cattle auction. We're also selling bred beef cows and beef breeding bulls. Reminder, like we said at the top, uh, no auction on Monday, but we will be open from noon to 8 p.m. to receive your livestock for Tuesday's auction. Uh, questions? Uh, Give us a call, 715-229-2500. More detailed information on upcoming auctions and consignments, uh, check that out at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Also, don't forget to check our Premier Livestock Facebook page there. Uh, Reminder, uh, machinery auction, August 26th. We'll be taking consignments until we're full, and that is the way it's shaped up, Bob. Just don't bring any of those in on Monday because you're expecting livestock, not machinery. That's right. That's right. All right. Expect the August one is going to be as big as the the one you just had in June. I kind of doubt it. Yeah, I kind of doubt it the way it's looking. But hey, we've said that before. I think we said that for the uh, the last <laughs> sale too. That's for sure. Any other special sales coming up? I, I know you guys have we horse got, uh, sales. We got the horse the horse auction uh, July fifteenth coming up. Now, what's that going to feature? Uh, 
standard breads, driving horses, draft horses. Yep. All right. So uh, you'll have a lot of those around there as well. Rocky, you have a good 4th of July, and I hope you catch a few fish. All right. Sounds good. You too. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. And, again, don't forget, uh, Sale Barns closed on Monday. All the markets will be closed on Monday. Everything will be shut down except the gas stations. You can always spend your money on gas. I'd like to know how much money people will spend. And I'm going to be on the road myself. I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just saying. I uh, I wonder how much money people will spend on gas this weekend around the country going because I don't think... uh, People are staying home at all, do you? I don't think they're staying home. It would be an interesting number to find out. Oh, it'd be a big, big number. More than your paycheck. More than my paycheck. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> all right, well, let's find out about uh, being on the road, shall we, and seeing what weather is going to be uh, along with us. As we head over to Skywarn 13 and in the weather room, Mike Dandry is there. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How we doing? Well, we're doing well. And it looks like uh, if you are going to travel, the biggest hardship will be paying for the gas because uh, <laughs> it does look like it'll be uh, pretty good, at least going. Now, coming home maybe on Monday might be a, a little tricky, but what's going on weather-wise here? Well, for today, we have a chance at some showers and storms early on. Now, there's a couple factors at play that could give us another chance later on this afternoon, but... Our high is really going to get into the mid-80s, so it is going to be pretty warm. Otherwise, later tonight, partly cloudy conditions on tap will clear out behind those storms and temperatures dipping to the upper 50s and low 60s. But Friday, Saturday, mostly sunny. Going to be pretty beautiful, too. Low 80s and uh, upper 70s on tap. But Sunday, yeah, we'll have mostly sunny conditions. But going into Sunday night and Monday, that's when we have some chances for showers and storms with temperatures mostly in the mid-80s and Tuesday. We'll have another chance at some showers, but Wednesday, things start to dry out, and low 80s on tap, too, so it is going to be pretty nice, but a warm start to the day, 78 right now in Eau Claire, and uh, some of those clouds, well, they're looking pretty ominous out on the patio. Yeah, I saw the lightning when I came in this morning, but uh, it was dark when I came in. I couldn't see the clouds. I just knew they were dark out there. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, you look at the satellite and radar, too, and you see some of those storms that are uh, moving in on our doorstep. Yeah, they're not severe criteria, but uh, they were pretty strong earlier. Now, starting to weaken a little bit, but, uh, you know, we are going to heat up later on. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll be watching it. Anything can happen. Where's it raining right now? What's the radar showing where the rain is falling now? Mostly Pierce and Pepin County okay. at the moment. All right. And uh, we'll look to get a little moisture. Thank you, sir. You're welcome, Bob. You have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll be here. There's Mike Dandria taking a look at our weather information on WAX. Brought to you by the soybean, the soybean growers of Wisconsin. We'll get updated on our some of our more local news next. Morgan's here. Badgerbean.com puts the Wisconsin soybean farmer first. And it's your place to go for the latest soybean news and research from leading industry experts. Simple, easy-to-access resources for the betterment and advancement of a sustainable soybean industry. Right here in Wisconsin. Badgerbean.com, an invaluable tool constantly updated for Wisconsin soybean farmers. For info and the latest updates, find us on Facebook and visit Badgerbean.com today. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the first voice in news is Morgan McCarthy with us over there in the newsroom. Morning, Morgan. You got big plans for the weekend? 
Whoops, let me get the right pot here. No, you got big plans for the weekend? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, I'm going from one child, my own daughter, to four girls, 12 and under. We're taking them up to Trigo to Hartwood Resort. So do a little tubing, get them in the kayaks, let them splash around and see if this mom comes out the other side, okay? <laughs> in fact, I was talking last night to the folks from Hartwood, and they told me you were coming up there. Yeah. And they're really excited to have you. We're excited to go. Yeah. I mean, they have a great area up there. We've never been there before, and yeah. I'm looking... And they're pet friendly, so we're bringing four girls, two dogs, one Alex. Well, and well, I, that uh, might be the biggest challenge. I think we're going to need a bigger cooler, right? Oh, boy. So, yeah, it sounds like a really neat place. They're yeah. up there sometime. Yeah, we're well. looking forward to Heartwood it. Heartwood up in uh, Trigo. Well, that's good. But you got work to do before that. Don't I know it. From the 715 Newsroom, we're going to start with headlines, and that's going to keep us pretty close to our area. Good morning. We're learning a sentence handed down means life in prison for a Toma man. A judge yesterday sentenced 37-year-old Marcus Anderson to life without parole for the 2019 death of his girlfriend's three-year-old son. Anderson says the little boy fell in the shower, but investigators say he punched the boy dozens of times. Anderson will always have the boy's blood on his hands, is what the judge said, as he handed down the sentence and called him a danger to society. Well, Chippewa County has an agreement to close the Tilding Gun Range. County Board agreed to close the gun range and tear down buildings by the end of next month as the closure comes after a complaint from neighbors about bullets from the range hitting their home. We look around the state as Wisconsin lawmakers continue to take next steps regarding abortion laws, and we'll show you some different sides so you can decide, as there's one county where they will be enforced. The district attorney in Sheboygan says he will prosecute doctors that continue providing abortions, and with 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster looks closer, including what other counties this affects. Sheboygan is one of three communities in the state where abortions were provided, and D.A. Joel Ermanski says he'll enforce the near-total ban in abortions. Ermanski says he's a prosecutor, not a lawmaker, and that his job is to enforce the law, not decide what the law should be. In the other communities, Milwaukee and Madison, their prosecutors have promised not to enforce the law. I'm John DeMaster. Well, you can get your green and gold for the Go Pack Go tickets on sale for that popular family night at Lambeau. The team launched that yesterday. Family night this year is Friday, August 5th, and uh, they will have that fireworks show after practice for family events. So if you've been there before, you know that's a pretty good time for everyone. And if you want to hit the jackpot, well, turns out somebody in Vermont was ahead of you. Powerball says a winning ticket for Wednesday night's $366.7 million jackpot was sold in the Green Mountain State. The jackpot had been growing since April the 28th when the last jackpot winning ticket was sold in Gilbert, Arizona. A million dollar winning ticket was also sold in Illinois. Another big jackpot could be won this week as the Mega Millions jackpot is currently $360 million for Friday's drawing. I'm Mark Mayfield. Or thanks to Alex, uh, I now have an extra bookmark I can use. <laughs> From here in our local 715newsroom.com, I'm Morgan McCarthy, and now you are up to date with Bob Jill and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. I know you have a vast library, so uh, I might send you a few more bookmarks, too. Thanks. I have a lot of pages I can stick in between. <laughs> that. You bring them right over here. That or gum wrappers. There I have a go. use for those lottery tickets. Oh, boy, that's great. Well, you have a great weekend. Have fun in Trigo. And happy and safe fourth to everybody. Thank you, Bob. There she goes. That's Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. We're about 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. Things going on around the area. We'll talk about that next right here on Wax. Again, it's uh, 78 degrees right now, 86. Some scattered storms out there, scattered rain, I should say. Uh, and right now, according to Mike, down in Pierce and Pepin County, get a little rain. But uh, I think a lot of folks are going to see some moisture.
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, activities for the weekend. What's going on? We'll get to some of those things. And uh, I know there's more going on because everybody's got something going on over July 4th. But, uh, again, we'll give you some of them. But before we do that, uh, interesting to follow the poultry industry because uh, they're still trying to recover somewhat after the avian influenza or bird flu outbreak that caused many chickens and other types of poultry to be destroyed. But uh, not fully back yet. Uh, new numbers show May egg production just under $9 billion. That's about 3% less than a year ago. Iowa, which traditionally produces well over a billion eggs a month, way down. They lost millions and millions of chickens. And they're still working to get back to being the leader. They're now number three behind Indiana and Ohio in egg production. Those states didn't get hit nearly as hard as uh, Iowa. And Wisconsin currently ranks... 18th in egg production. We're not going to run out of eggs, but it's uh, interesting following this how fast Iowa can get back to uh, number one because you know they will, but uh, not yet. And Jill, what's going on in uh, the weekend of the 4th? Well, Augusta will have their big celebration as always, don't they? Yep, the Augusta Bean and Bacon Days Parade. They have an array of things. They have. I their... judged that one time. It's been a few years ago. Ooh. I never. I never got asked back, so evidently I didn't do a very good job. I didn't pick the I didn't pick the mayor's mayor's float. Well, you'll have I don't remember, that. but it was fun. A lot of great, uh, a lot of great events down there. But uh, the parade, I think, is actually on the Fourth of July, isn't it? It's actually on Sunday. Oh, it's the on 3rd. Sunday. Yep. Oh, well, maybe at that'll one... be better with the weather anyway. Yep, at one thirty. So. Okay, so activities all weekend long in Augusta, starting when? Uh, starting actually, starting tonight. Oh, good. All right. So. But on Monday, they have a horse pull. Oh, do they? So Monday on the 4th, they're having a horse pull down at the Augusta Lions starting at 10 o'clock. Okay, sounds good. What else is going on? And all, there's more horse pulls happening around. Oop, I missed my paper. Um, there's a 75th annual horse pull in Elmwood on Saturday the 2nd starting at 11 o'clock on the grounds. And on Sunday, the Funny Farm in Chatech is going to have a horse pull. And that's uh, middles and heavies at starting at twelve thirty at Chatech Senex. So there's a lot of horse well, pulls Chetek around. Chatech Senex is where the weigh-in's going to be. Oh, okay, yeah. They won't be having the horse pull there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's at the Funny Farm. There you go. And um, I looked up, and they did not find any tractor pulls in the air for the weekend. They actually said they were taking the weekend off. So next weekend, we'll be looking into more tractor pulls, and. Um, just enjoy the weather and And also, June 30th is the deadline for some things, and it's conservation things. They've extended that, but today is June 30th, so we'll just tell you that for conservation programs, contact uh, NRCS or FSA today and, and ask them, is it specific on that uh, sheet of what exactly these... Uh, it had been expanded until June 30th. It says crop insurance flexibilities. Okay. So I would say contact your FSA office and they'll lead you in the right direction. All right. Or your crop insurer, one of the two. Let's get to markets, Joe. Where are we going to go? Let's go to Barron and hear from Robert Cook and Barron Equity. Fed cattle, high-yielding choice Holstein steers 130 to 140.50. Choice Holstein steers 120 to 129. Unfinished steers and heifers 119 and down. Cow cows, top 20% sold from 89 to 98 with a 105.50 for a top. 60% sold from 69 to 88. Bottom 20% sold from 68 and down. Cow bulls selling from 90 to 110. 
Calves, quality Holstein bull calves, 70 to 130 with a top of 140. Light and poor quality calves, 60 and down. Beef calves, 150 to 200. Our next sheep goat beef sale is July 16th at 10 a.m. We've already got 60 head of bred cows and heifers consigned for that sale. If you have any questions, give us a call at 715-537-5618. Thank you and have a great day. All right. So like uh, Robert recorded that and left the window open. The wind was blowing in. But uh, just got a call while Robert was on. We appreciate you when you keep us informed of these things going on. Just got a call in Thorpe. They're going to have the Midsummer Shootout truck and tractor pull this Saturday. That'll be at Northside Park in Thorpe. Again, that's Saturday, the Midsummer Shootout truck and tractor pull. So, again, there's a, a lot of things going on, and get out and enjoy them on this 4th of July weekend. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's almost 12 minutes before 6, 78 degrees out there, and it's time to go to Sparta Equity and hear from Hut Eman. Fed cattle selling steady to stronger today with the high-yielding choice beef steers and heifers 148 to 156.50. The choice and select beef steers and heifers 138 to 147. The dairy cross steers 130 to 144. The high-yielding choice Holstein steers 133 to 140 with the top of 145. The choice and select Holstein steers 122 to 132. And the unfinished steers... Heifers and heavy steers, 121 and down. Cow market was steady today with the high-yielding cows, 85 to 95 with the top of 99.50. The cutters and utilities, 69 to 74. The low-yielding and canter cows, 68 and down. Bull market steady today with most bulls bringing 95 to 110. The thin, full, and bulls over a ton discounted at 94 and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing 70 to 140. The quality Holstein heifer calves, 10 to 80. The quality beef calves, 2 to $3. And the light and poor quality calves, 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, there will be no sale Monday, July 4th due to the holiday. So our next sale will be Wednesday, July 6th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hut Eamon at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Soybeans looking pretty good so far this growing season, according to the Boots on the Ground. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. John Gaska joins us, a research agronomist with UW Extension. He works closely with the grant monies allotted to soybean research from the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. He gives us a field update. In general, um, we've had a really good start to the soybean growing year. Most farmers planted pretty much on time, maybe a little bit late. And once again, in central Wisconsin, they were maybe a week or two later than, than normal. But in southern Wisconsin, uh, most of the soybeans are planted fairly much on time. We've had fairly good growing conditions. When you get into central Wisconsin, they've had lower than normal growing degree units. So the, the crops have been a little bit slower this there and also they have averaged above rainfall as well. In general, the the crops that were planted in in early May and uh, mid May are are looking fairly good. We'll be seeing the R1 growth stage pretty soon, which is the first flowering. Um, we've seen some plants already with that. That's kind of an important for um, some of the herbicide um, applications, which have to end around the the R1 stage, depending on which herbicide program we're using. So, John, is that what has your attention then, now that we're in or approaching that first flowering stage in soybean? Right now is probably the uh, around the, the end of the herbicide application season in general, especially with some of the uh, Extend and Enlist or Liberty Link 
type soybeans. Check your label, but basically around the R1 growth stage, the flowering stage is the end of the season for that. Anything past that is is off-label and also the wheel tracks that you would cause going through the field at that point, too, can cause some yield loss as well. And there's your soybean field update with John Gaska, a research agronomist with UW Extension, working closely with Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Thank you, Stephanie, as uh, we've got more markets to get to. And we'll do that right now because Jerry Fitzgerald is on the line with us this morning. Good morning, Jerry. Bob, and a good morning to you. Uh, you know, I know it's the end of June, but boy, not too many mornings you wake up and it's 69 degrees already at 5 o'clock. 78 here. you got to get in a warm climate. You're 78? Yep. Oh, well, that's good. No, maybe, <laughs> maybe this warm stuff will bring some rain today because there's a lot of... A lot of stuff out there, just got to get over here. That's exactly right. We uh, get some rain and get it to sunshine for the weekend for all the activities, and uh, we're trying to track down more. What did you say, Jump River has a pull of some kind this weekend? Yeah, I believe it's right. I think it is on, uh, it's on July 4th, which would be Monday. I'm okay. pretty sure I read that. All right, so Jump River, the activity up there. But in the meantime, let's wrap up some of the activity at Stratford. What's been going on this week? All right, Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday, Wednesday, here at Equity Stratford, and uh, we'll start off first with the uh, feeder cattle. Most of the feeder cattle yesterday in the beef line, yearling cattle, and they were selling mostly from $1.17 to $1.40. Holstein feeders steers yesterday, lightweight Holsteins from 93 to 125 Heavier Holstein feeders mostly from uh, uh, 90 to 118 Now we'll get into the market auction. Cows continue to be very strong. Uh, High-yielding uh, Holstein and beef cows on yesterday's auction were selling from 84 to a dollar, topping at 103. Uh, most of the cows in yesterday's sale selling from 62 to 83. Thinner cows like carcass cows below 62. On the uh, fed cattle, also a very strong market on the fed cattle. Charge grading Holstein steers uh, are selling from a dollar 17 to a dollar 30. High yielding choice and strictly prime Holsteins from 131 to 139. Select grading under finished cattle 115 and below. On the bull trade this week, better quality bulls on yesterday's auction, a dollar to a dollar 16. Topping at a dollar nineteen, and on the calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves, uh, mostly from uh, nine, uh, weighing ninety to one hundred thirty pounds, selling from a dollar to two dollars. Uh, heifer calves, pretty limited demand yesterday, thirty to forty. Beef calves, good demand, one seventy five to three hundred. And uh, Thursday auction today here in Stratford starts at eleven o'clock. A full marketing day, including uh, market cows, um, fed cattle, bulls, and baby calves. And just a reminder on uh, July fourth. Uh, will be no sale here at Equity Stratford on Monday, July 4th. We'll reopen next Tuesday, and uh, next Tuesday will include the um, hay auction, dairy cattle auction, uh, and uh, organic market cows, and along with the conventional market calves, and also baby calves. So, again, folks, we invite you to take a look at our website, Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page. A lot of information, especially a lot of sales coming up here in July. So, Bob, with that, we'll turn it back to you, and, uh, well, I'll keep our fingers crossed, because uh, I know some folks uh, are really looking for some rain but you know the other day when it rained it was so varied they got a half inch here and two miles away they got over an inch so i mean it just depends what clouds you're under yeah that's one of those years that's for sure hey have a good one jerry we'll talk to you in the morning you also bob enjoy the day there he goes jerry fitzgerald over at the equity stratford sale barn 
Every tractor owner knows that support and service after the sale is what makes a good tractor company great. And that's why you can count on LS Tractor. An extensive dealer network gives you convenient access to genuine LS Tractor factory parts and factory trained technicians, keeping you in the tractor, not in the waiting room. Schedule your service with an LS Tractor certified service center. Get more from LS Tractors available at Andy Ag Equipment, 4426 Butterball Road in Cedar Falls. Click on over to andysagsales.com. LS Tractor, simply more. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our market's brought to you by Synergy Cooperative. As we look at the Board of Trade, corn and beans were higher, or lower yesterday, rather, because of that report coming out later on. Beans were higher on the strength of meal. Overnight, December corn down a penny at 652. The oats up four at 508. December wheat up seven at 951. November soybeans down three to four cents at 1474. And meal for October down a dollar seventy. $404 a ton. Country elevator prices today. Wheat and grain. Chippewa Falls and Connersville location. Corn's at 659 with soybeans at 1607. Doomer's grain of Holman. Corn's at 625 with soybeans at 1598. Buck Country Arcadia. Corn's at 615 with soybeans at 1598. On the DTN screen, corn at Golden Plump today is at 715 a bushel. Baldwin has corn at 706. Their soybeans at 1618. Durand, uh, Mondovi also have corn at 706. Beans and Durand, 1608. Mondovi, 1613. Elmwood, 711 for the corn. 1618 for the soybeans. Fall Creek, 691 and 1603. At Osseo, the corn is 716. The beans at 1618. Elk Mound, corn 678. The beans at 1621. Sparta, 709 and 1616. Ellsworth corn six ninety one the beans at fifteen ninety three, ethanol plants Boyceville seven seventeen Stanley corn six seventy eight in Richmond six seventy three, barrel cheese up three and a half two nineteen and a half blocks up five and a quarter also at two nineteen and a half, butter up two and three quarters two ninety nine and a half class three June came off the board at twenty four thirty three July up eighteen at uh, twenty two eighty. August 2333 up 17, September up 5 at 2358, and October up 11 at 2364. And once again, scattered rain throughout the day today, high of 86, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Looks like partly sunny, temperatures in the 80s. It's 78 right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadar. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. <laughs>